Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Tzadik Tess in Maseches Yivamos. But we'll start with Tzadik Chesam and Bez at the Mishnah. Because that's what we got up to, Andrew. And the Mishnah discusses a fascinating thing. We are about to get into the rest of this uh, parak. We'll be discussing uh, situations where we have... He thought it was hard enough to go through all of the relationships when we knew at least what the relationship was. Here is children's... Uh, switched at birth and when you have a suffix as to what the relationship is fascinating uh, but over Shabbos Stewie Shabbos said to me put away the charts lovey we don't we don't need that we're going to do without it it's going to be less confusing without it and so here we go you'll see it's really not really as hard as it sounds I hope I will have the uh, hope, hopefully we'll have Siata Deshmaya and saying it simply because it's really not that complicated so I'm going to try not to overcomplicate it for you. Okay, here we go. Okay, the first thing you got to know is all these five women whose five boys got mixed up, each of them already had a pre-existing boy. Okay, so we'll say it like this. You have a woman and she has a son, Johnny. You have five women and each one of them has a son, Johnny, and they know that it's their son. Okay, they recognize him. They know him. They saw him born. They, they, they kept an eye on him. It's their son. After they had their son Johnny, right, they had a son Chucky, and all the Chuckies got mixed up in the nursery. So they showed up, they just, and what they said in the hospital was, you know what, just take this one. I mean, what are you going to do? Leave him here? And one of them is yours, so just take this one. They were mixed at birth. It can happen, okay? The uh, Rashi says, and the Gemara will say later, Nechba'u. Nechba'u means like they were in hiding. So sometimes you're in, you're in hiding. You don't have the luxury of knowing exactly what's going on. And, and you mix the kids up. Be that as it may, again, the point being, they don't know who's who. With the second child, right? But everybody knows that Johnny, Johnny knows who his mother is. Now, Higdilu Hatarovos, so later on, when all the Chuckies grew up, they all got married, and they all died. Right? The Chuckies died childless. Okay. They're the ones who we don't know exactly who their parents are. So says the Mishnah, what are you going to do? The question is, huh, the Johnnies, right? How do the Johnnies who know who their mother is, know who their parents are, deal with the widows of their brother Chucky? They know that their brother Chucky may not be their brother, right? So what are they going to do? Are they going to perform Yibum? Well, you can't perform Yibum because you don't know for sure if that's your brother, okay? So maybe they should just do Chalitza. Maybe all, now all five of these kept in touch, right? They all were aware. So they, all five of them, and, and again, all the Chuckies died. So the Mishnah has a suggestion. I'll say it outside first. The Mishnah could have said, Chazal could have said, just everybody just do Chalitza and go home, right? Because, uh, but, but wait a minute. What would be the advantage of doing Chalitza on somebody that isn't yours? So no, the Mishnah, so then the Mishnah would not have told you that, but the Mishnah could have said, all five of the Johnnies, right, the ones who know their parental lineage, all five of the Johnnies give, do chalitza to all five of the remaining surviving widows, right? And this way, at, all the Zikas are broken and the Yavama, you know, if, let's say, from the perspective of one of the surviving sons, right, one of the Johnnies, from his perspective, if he does chalitza to five women, you know, no harm, no foul, and one of them certainly is his Yavama, and so, and so that works out, right? And then nobody has a problem. 
That's basically the easiest thing to do, right? Each one of the Johnnies does chalitza to each one of the five women. Now everybody can go marry whoever they want. But because the Mishnah and Chazal want you to at least do yibum, okay, and, and if you can, they do the following kunz, the following trick. Arba cholzin la'achas, ve'echad miyabim ota. Wow. So what you're going to do is really, right, you're going to do four of the men will perform chalitza with one woman, right, la'achas. So let's take now each woman individually. Four men will perform chalitza on her, and then the fifth man will be miyabim her. As Rashi says, mi manafshach, im tov. Right? Because he might hit the jackpot and turns out that that's the one that was supposed to do yibum. That's the best case scenario. Right? But even if it's not his Aishas Achiv, so that means that whoever give her, that the real Aishas, the real Aishas Achiv, right, the real brother, has already given her Chalitza, which means that she's Mutter Lashuk. And then by being meyabim her, so it's not really yibum, but at least you marry her, it's okay. And nothing went wrong. So again, why are we going through this? Why we're just saying for each woman, four men are going to give her the, four brothers are going to give her the chalitza. The fifth will do the yibum because we want to at least give them a chance. Maybe they, maybe we'll hit the jackpot in this matching program and one, one yavam, uh, right, an actual yibum will take place where it was supposed to take place, even though we don't know for sure. Now, Okay, so now we'll never know, right? Um, but it's in order to maximize the possibility, or at least to have a possibility of doing yibum in the right chance. Okay, now after that, the Mishnah continues: Who shlosha cholzin laachas? Right. So now the one who married and the three of the others, they go and they do the same thing. In other words, you repeat the procedure. So meaning four of the brothers, even the one that already got married, they're all going to perform chalitza, because don't forget, men technically can marry multiple wives. So, the, so right, uh, in other words, a brother with an already pre-existing wife can still perform chalitza. So now this first guy, who already married one of the women, is going to participate with another three guys and do chalitza for the second woman, and they're going to repeat the procedure. And then another guy is going to marry her, and they're going to keep going. So for each woman, as the, uh, right, as the Mishnah continues to say, and then the Mishnah explains, in the final analysis, what's going to happen? Each woman is going to first get four chalitza and then yibum. And, well, we won't know exactly uh, how it fell out, but it could be if everything really matched up, maybe every woman got to do the real yibum. It could also turn out that every, every woman didn't get to do yibum at all, right? You're taking, you're just hoping that you'll hit, you'll hit yibum. And that's the only reason you're doing this, this, uh, procedure, right? You're hoping that maybe one of them will end up being yibum. But again, as Rashi says, even if it's not yibum, the marriage is okay because they've all already had chalitza and therefore it's okay. But it would be great if one of them happens to be yibum. I think Barry's giving me this look like, okay, does it count as Yibum? Like if you don't even know where that was Yibum? I mean, it's still Yibum, right? That's, that's, a, that's what it, it's in, it's, it's, it's an attempt at, at Yibum, but you don't really know because they got mixed at birth. Fine. Uh, at least you don't do, you certainly didn't do it in Avera. So the Gemara just explains, obviously the Chalitz has to precede the Yibum. But obviously you can't just go and do Yibum to any, 
of the women prior, before they had chalitza because the kifaga be abamalashuk, right? Because until they have chalitza, right? So, in other words, one of the brothers could take a chance, but that's Russian roulette, right? You can't just say, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a chance with no chalitza and be miyabim this one because she might be somebody else's yavam, yavama, right? If she's somebody else's yavama, so then that's a yavama lashuk. And so you can't take that chance. So that's what you have to do. The chalitza, all the other brothers have to do the chalitza first. Okay, that's the first part of the Gemara. Then the Gemara asks, Why are we going through this whole procedure? Like, why don't we just have, let's say, you know, there is a scenario, for example, where one guy can take on all five women. We could do that, right? In other words, we could have all the brothers do, let's say there's five surviving brothers. We could have all these Johnnies uh, uh, each one of them, like we could say Johnny one, two, three, four, five. We can have Johnny one, two, three, and four do chalitza to all five women and then have Johnny number five marry all five women, do yibum. And guess what? Then you know for sure that he did yibum on one of them. Maybe we should just cut our losses and make sure that we just have yibum for one. We could do that. So the Gemara, the Gemara explains, yeah, that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah, that we don't do that. We don't say that Johnny number one uh, is miyabim all, or Johnny number five, or whichever. We don't pick one guy to do the yibum on all of them in order to at least make sure that we have one actual yibum. Why? Everyone is going to be miyabim one woman, Dilma Misrami Lady Day, because maybe it'll end up being yibum, and it'll be, right, marrying his own yivama. Uh, okay, so we're making sort of like an actuarial. A decision, a probability decision, we'd rather, instead of saying, okay, let's take a bird in hand and make sure we get one out of five, right? Let's just do this shtick and maybe we'll get lucky and strike gold and get two, three, four, maybe even five out of five. We're willing to take that chance. Um, and that's why we do it in this way. It's fascinating. Uh, Simon Wolf, who's a genius, said that he thinks that the reason we have five women here is because we had already said earlier that more than four women, remember this, the Shalom Bayes, more than four wives is too much. And we said maybe it's because of the mitzvah of Ona, because really that's supposed to be one once per week and in a, in a given month, and therefore four wives, that's, the, that's a reasonable rotation. Or maybe because it's harder, harder to afford more than four, four is kind of the max. But be that as it may, we have the case of five wives here in the Mishnah. Okay. Weiter. So let's talk about variations. Turn bottom. So now, variations. It's not always going to be so clean. You thought this case, the first case was too easy. It was five, right? Five Johnnies who know their lineage, lineage and then five Chuckies who are all confused. But what about Right? So that, we don't, don't worry about uh, figuring what that means, Barry, because it makes no sense. The Gemara is going to explain. First it says, What's going on here? It says the Gemara, What does that b'risa mean? So it means the following, Amar of Safra, It means, Okay. Well, they're talking again, the surviving bros, the Johnnies, right? So in that group, let's say a five Johnnies, there's a mixture. Some of them were paternal brothers. Some of them were maternal brothers. Aha. Uh-huh. So if they're maternal brothers, yeah. So we do the same procedure in the Mishnah, right? But the only the Achin Mina Av 
And that you can know, right? In other words, you know whether the brothers that, are, that died, right, came from your mother or your father. You know how they're related to them. You just don't know which one's which. So, for example, you have one of the surviving Johnnies knows that one of the five Chuckies in the mix is his brother from his mother, right, is his maternal brother. So he's not going to be the one that at, he's, he's, he's a maternal brother. So when you have the maternal brother, you can't do Yibum because there's an additional, there's an Isser. You cannot do Yibum when you're a maternal brother. Um, so, so he's not going to be the one to do the Yibum, but he's going to be the one rather to do the Chalitza. And then the ones that know that it's only their paternal brother, they're going to be the one to do the Yibum. That's that case. Furthermore, the Bryce says, Right? So, some of the brothers, again, some of the Johnnies were Kohanim. Some of the families in this whole equation were Kohanim. So there, we're going to ask the Kohanim to be the ones to do the Chalitza. Why? Because a Kohen can't do Yibum on a... Don't forget, the procedure is everybody gets Chalitza first, and then the Kohen does Yibum. The Kohen can't do Yibum on a... Okay, the Kohen can't do Yibum on a Chalutza because even though Chalutza is not puzzle, she's actually mutter, she's considered like a grusha. And since a coin can't marry a grusha, a coin can't do yibum on a grusha. And a chalutza is like a grusha to that effect. And therefore, the kohanim are going to be the ones to do the chalitza. Right? And again, this doesn't matter how many you have uh, necessarily, right? So it could be two or three, it could be one or four. But the point is, in this group of five, some are kohanim, some are not. The kohanim will be the one to do the chalitza. And, and, and it just means, really, everyone's going to have to do the chalitza, but the kohanim will not perform the yibum, is the point. In other words, so what are we saying? As follows. The whole reason the Mishnah said that we're doing this procedure is to maximize the possibility that we're going to be able to do as yibum to as many of these suffix as possible. So, but if you happen to be a kohen, you're not going to be participating in this yibum procedure. You'll only participate in the chalitza procedure because you can't take the chance that you're miyabe me'gerusha, obviously, uh, or a chalutza, as it were. So the Ein and Kohanim are the only ones who are going to be doing the Yibum. Furthermore, Miktas and Kohanim and Miktas and Achin Minaim. So now you have a mixed group where everyone is either a Kohen or a maternal brother. So in that case, So then you can't take the risk, and therefore all you're going to do is chalitza. In that scenario, there will be no Yibum, because again, you can't take the chance, um, and therefore... It's going to be usher, and you could do what we could have said in the first place, which is everybody could do chalitza, and that works. In other words, all the women will be mutter to marry, to marry out, but you've lost your chance to do yibum because either it's, there's a maternal brother isser or there's a, a marriage to a chalitza isser, and we want to avoid those issers. So now as we arrive at Tzadik Tassam Aleph, we're going to discuss another b'risa that's unrelated, but, but similar in that we have situations with children con, um, confused at birth as follows you can have cases by the way if you ever find yourself in a cocktail party like last night I was at the suburban dinner uh, this could be a conversation starter because I know Andrew sometimes you get a little nervous in social setting so you actually could say hey did you ever hear of a case where the person had to do chalitza on his own mother out of a suffolk and they'll say, tell us more. And then you could tell them over this Gemara. What would be the case? Now, what is the point of this mental gymnastics? It's a style. 
This is what Rabbi Ari Leibowitz, the great Tafiyomi master, said that it's it's common for the Gemara. They don't they're not asking you this as a halacha lemaisa, but just to sort of like exercise. This was like sort of a way of memorizing. This was something that was very common. They'll say a, a wild case. We're not so. We're familiar. For, we're, we've been learning Yavamas now for almost 100 pages. So we know this is, this is what goes on. To illustrate some of the principles, we'll say a wild case. I once had this conversation with Rabbi um, uh, Gross Shlita, where he said, um, this was the test that they gave in the Volozhner Yeshiva. They, they would say in the entire Maseches Chulin, they would give the following riddle. That was the Bechina for Maseches Chulin. I said, that was the Bechina? There's so many concepts. And why, why don't you just give a real bechina? Like, why don't you just give a test that actually tests the fundamental concepts? He said, that was the literature style. And it's from the Gemara, right? That was their style. They would give one riddle that really only touches on a couple of things. It's not really comprehensive in scope, but it's, it was a style. It's like shashuim, right? You like, you like to play with it because you love it. It's, uh, the Torah is so sweet. Anyways. So these are the cases. Okay. What, what would be a wild case? Let's see. The, Ketzad. What are the following cases? So imo ve'isha. So so the first case is going to be a person. How does a person end up doing chalitza on his own mother? How's that going to work? So following. So you have imo ve'isha cheres v'lahen shnei zcharim. All right. So we'll we'll use Johnny as the ones that know their lineage again. So you have a a person's mother and another random woman. Each of them already have children. Johnny. And then they have another two uh, sons. No, so they have two two sons rather. That's the Johnnies, the Shnei Zacharim, and then Vachazur Yelder Shnei Zacharim Bemachbe. Then they have two Chuckies in Bemachbe. See it? That's the hiding place where they, it means Bemachbe means they got switched at birth. So the Johnnies know they're who their mommy is. The Chuckies are just you know they don't know. Could be their mommy. Could be that the other one's their mommy. Then Uval Benah Shalzuv and Nasa Imo That can happen. So let's say the whoever whoever was the Chucky and Johnny's dad died. Now the women were single. So they marry the the um right the uh right is it is it the first son? Yeah, the first son. So the Johnnies, the one who know their lineage. That's what it is. Because otherwise you wouldn't be able to marry the other woman. The, so the Johnnies know who their mother is. Therefore when their mother when their fathers essentially die, they're allowed to marry the other person's mother. You're allowed to marry someone else's mother. That's not that's not us, sir, okay? So the Johnnies marry the other Johnny's mother. That's allowed because they know who their mother is. So they have no chance of marrying their own mother because they know who their mother is. So they go ahead and they marry the other mother, right, once the, the other guy's uh, father dies. Okay. So the mothers remarry uh, with the other woman's respective Johnny. And then, right? And then, Okay, and then the second pair of husbands died childless. In other words, the Johnnies died childless. Now, right? Because the Chuckies that are left to do Yibum on their brothers, those guys are the suffakes. So now they have, they have to do Yibum. Well, guess who the Yavama is? Possibly their mother, right? The Yavama could be their mother because they don't know which one is their real mother. So what happens is they have to do chalitza to both women. Each of the remaining chuckies now, who's a suffolk, is going to have to do chalitza to their, both women. Guess what? When you do chalitza to both women, by definition, one of the women that you're doing chalitza to is your mother.
That's how it falls out. Okay, That's how you could end up doing chalitza on your own mother. This is what you've been missing, Yoni, for a hundred pages. Okay, So he goes like this. How is it possible that you're going to do chalitza to your own sister? So there, So again, each one has a Johnny. Uh, each one of these women has a child Johnny. So now they have two daughters that are mixed up. Okay? So now, and, and they have a Johnny and a daughter, and the daughters are the ones that are mixed up. And then, right? And, uh, God bless you. And now the Johnnies again, they end up, right, um, marrying each other. They marry, they marry the girls. Okay? They married. The girls from, from the, from the other one, umesu blobanim, and they died, right, um, they, they're paternal brothers, and they died childless, so now, chalitz l'shteim, right, so now, you have to do chalitza again, to both widows, right, cause each of the widows, as a, one of them, right, and one of them must be their sister, nimsa chalitz misafik, right, so you have the, you, each, again, each woman ends up with two sons and one daughter, Right, each all from different marriages. So in that scenario, right, the remaining sons have to do chalitza on someone who is for sure their sister. Okay, and then how is it be lebito misafik? As follows, as follows, ishto v'isha acheres shiyodu shteini kevas b'machbe. Right, the following situation: you have someone's wife, and then another woman give birth. To two girls, b'machbe meaning, and then it get, they get switched. So again, a person's wife, and then just another random woman, and the girls get switched. So now we don't know who's who. Uvo achayim So now again, the one who have the known lineage, right? The the brothers of the two fathers married the girls of confused lineage. You could do that because again, one of them is marrying a rando, but the other one's marrying a niece. See, the reason this works is because you can't marry your aunt, but you can marry your niece. So one of these brothers actually does marry their niece, and then Mesu blow him, right? So, the, so those brothers, um, right, die with, they, they, those brothers die, obviously blow him, and you have to do the Yibam. So now the father is the one that's left to perform Chalitza. So they have to perform Chalitza on both women. What ends up happening is you do chalitza, right? And you the woman and you're doing chalitza, right? So again, because it's it's simple. Because the uncle, right, married the girl and her lineage is unclear, right? So now when the uncle dies, right, when the, when the paternal uh, brother dies, now the person who has to do yibum is the dad, right? And so when the dad is doing Yibam, he obviously can't do that. But since the lineage of the girls is unknown, so it's misafik. so because of that, you have to do chalitza. You can't just let the girls go out into the shuk because one of them is a Yavama. On the other hand, you can't marry them because one of them is your daughter. Hence, you give both girls chalitza, and one of those girls is certainly your daughter. And that's how you end up Doing chalitza on your own daughter, and now you know. Okay, so now fifteen lines down, Tzadik Tess. Um, again, even further off field. Now, a fascinating 
what the art school calls a genealogical, genealogical curiosity, which it sure is. Tanya, higher mayor, Omer, mayor taught us the following thing. Ish ve'isha, pa'amim shomilidin chamesh amos, umos. What's chamesh umos? Well, an uma here is uh, referred to, is defined by art school as a genealogical class, as we will see. Genealogical class is someone where if you were to, let's say, have an offspring, it would have the same status as you, okay? And as we will see, this will be, if nothing else, descriptive of what these genealogical classes are as follows. So, Ketad, and it can be that you can have, in the same household, Barry, everyone sitting around Thanksgiving table, you have five different genealogical classes within one family. How could it be? Usually one family is one genealogical class. Let me walk you through it. Ketad. It starts with the marketplace where you're buying slaves. You're going to have to put away your PC modern sensibilities for this one, Andrew, okay? Because you're now buying slaves in the marketplace. Not only that, the you're buying a four-pack. Mommy, daddy, and two kids. Slave family, okay? Now, with a, with a, with a good uh, rating uh, on Yelp. Okay. So now, okay. So one of the sons in this family converts. Okay, he converts, and so now he's a Jew. So Nimta Echad Gerv Echad So now let's look at the two sons in this slave family. One of them is a straight up Ovid Kachavim. The other one is a convert. Okay, those are two genealogical. Uh, those are definitely two genealogical uh, classes. Okay, then he belong the shame Avdus. Now you take mommy and daddy slave, and you dunk them the shame Avdus. By the way. That's what you do when you go to the slave market. You know, they, just like they have tevilas kalim, you do the tevilas avadim also before they start working for you. So you do the tevila. And then, but they continue living as man and wife and they have another son. That son that they have after they've, so in other words, in order to become a true evid, you're going to, and again, really once they dunk, they become avadim and they were avadim in the first place, but once they dunk, they're like your avadim and they're your property. Okay, again, let's just let's just go with this for a second. We're we're, we're thousands of years ago, and then they become uh, avadim and they become your property. And then their child that they have while they're your avadim, it has a status of an evid. Okay, now again, an evid is a different class because if an evid has a child, their child, as Rashi explains, is an evid. So that's a genealogical class, right? Their child would be an evid. Okay, so, so again, the Ger's child won't be an Evid. So now you have a Ger, you have an Ovid Kochavim. And the, the Ovid Kochavim's child, I, uh, pre, uh, let's not get too bogged down in this, but his child would certainly be an, an Ovid Kochavim. So now you have Harekan, Ger, Ovid Kochavim, and Evid. Three genealogical classes that were given birth to. Right, that's what I'm saying. The parents are Avadim also, but we're talking about birthing geological classes. So now you have harvested Three different genealogical classes so far in this in this uh, scenario. They're all in the same generation, right? The generation of the kids of these avadim. Then shichar es shifcha. So now the mommy and daddy slave, you set free the mommy. So once you set her free, by the way, when you're mishachar and eved knani, even it's like a garis procedure, right? So they become Jewish. Uval lea eved, but her original slave husband. Um, is still lives with her as a wife. So they end up having a child 
when they had that child, right, this fourth child, the daddy was still an Eved, and the mommy was a Jewish woman. She was a Shifcha Mishucharis. Well, guess what? You know what the, the result of an Eved and a Shifcha Mishucharis is? Harekan Ger Ovid Kocham Eved Ve Mamzer. Ah, we will see. That ends up being the Chiddush of this whole thing, this whole exercise. That's not necessarily everyone's shita, but this is, don't forget, the shita of Rabbi Meir, that the product of an Eved and a Shifcha Meshucharis is a Jewess, is going to be Mamzer. Okay? So now you have four genealogical classes. Now, Shichar Shneim. So subsequent to this Mamzer being born, now you finally freed daddy. So now you have mommy and daddy slave, both freed. They're both considered Jewish. And now that they're both Jewish, they go under the wedding canopy and you bring Nasi Gross and you go to Ataris Elka or Shomrei and they have a Chupa Kedatz Moshe Yisrael and therefore now you have completed the five genealogical classes because now of their children, Harikan Ger, Ve'ovet Kochavim, Ve'evet, Ve'mamzer, Ve'yisrael, right? The one that converted before the Tevilas Gerim was, is is a ger. The one that never converted is the Ovid Kachavim. The one that was born to them after they were dipped is the Eved. The one that was born to them after the mother converted, but the father did not, did not convert yet is the Mamzer. And the one that was born after both mommy and daddy had converted and was freed and had their chuppah is the Israel. Wow. Gemara asks, my Kamash Milan, why are we learning all this? So says the Gemara, as we said, now everybody agrees with Rameer Shita. And so what we've learned is that when an Ovid Kachavim, uh, or when an Evid, right, is, it cohabits with uh, Bas Yisrael, that Vlad is considered a Mamzer. Again, that's not necessarily the Lachol Ha Deus, right? Uh, we thought there was incestuous relationship until now, so we understand now that this also can affect the Mamzer according to Rabbi Meir. Fine. Finally, and this is, uh, I think, the last uh, unusual case, is Wow. You could find yourself in a scenario where someone ends up selling his own father for his mo- in order so that his mother can collect her ksuba. Mental gymnastics, the riddle. How so? So if anybody asks you this, Barry, I don't want you to be caught off guard. You're going to have the answer right at your fingertips. Okay. Let's start in the marketplace again. The, a Jew buys an Evan and a Shifcha. The Lahem Ben. And they have a son, but that son is not included in the sale. He did not buy a three-pack. He only bought a two-pack of an Evan and his wife. Okay. The son, we'll see what happens with him. Shifcha is a Shifcha. Okay, so he frees the Shifcha. Unesa'ah. Uh-oh. Master is Meshachrer, the woman slave. Now she's a Rikiyoris, and he marries her. The Amar Vachasav called Nachasav Levna. And then he writes over all of his possessions to her son. Now her son, right, obviously, um, right, her son uh, was not in the sale, right? And he's still an Ovakachavim, but he's a free man. So he could sign, so he can acquire, uh, in a sense, although that, let's not get too bogged down in the lumbus here, but he is not an Evan. See, what happens is, if you, if he had acquired 
the mother and the father and the son, so that he can't hand over anything to him because it becomes a, uh, an endless cycle. Because anything that the Evan that the Evan would own, the Baal would own. But here, the son was not included in the sale, so he was not considered as Evan. So he could actually theoretically own something that and it doesn't go back to the original Baal. So what happens? So now he again, all of his possessions are to this Shifcha, who's now his wife's son. Okay. So now then this husband who pulled off this whole shtick, the original Baal, right now dies. So what happens when the, when that Baal dies? The woman has to get her ksuba from the Baal's estate. And by the way, who's included in this Baal's estate? Don't forget, the Shifcha's old husband that he had bought in the Shuk, right? The father. Uh, what? I forgot that the original father was the, was, the, was the slave husband, not the new father. Right. In other words, there was a, an original slave husband. He's still part of the possessions. So guess what? The son ends up inheriting his own dad. He ends up inheriting his own dad because his dad was part of this estate. The son was not purchased as part of the estate. And now when the Jewish owner dies and everything falls to his wife's, right, who was formerly the Shifcha, son, that son ends up inheriting his own dad. Well, he has to sell, well, let's say he has to pay her her ksuba. So sometimes you have to sell off some of your estate in order to pay the said ksuba. So let's say the most valuable thing in the estate, the only thing that you could really sell that would gain you enough money to pay the woman's ksuba ends up being your dad. So you sell your dad to someone else in order to get the money to give your mom the ksuba. What a case, huh, Barry? Um, fine. Mark asks here again, my Kamash Malan. What do you learn here? So you say, first of all, one thing is cooler Rabbi Meir. You could say maybe the whole thing is just Rabbi Meir, as we started with Rabbi Meir. The Avda Metaltali. Right? And we're learning um, what the status of Avadim is. Don't forget. Metaltalin is, right, uh, is the movable items that it's not karka, right? There's real estate and then there's metaltalin, right? Um, so liquid assets. So which one is an Evid? So that's a big machlokas and shas, guys. We're going to have to, we're, you know, we're not going to make it through Nashim and Ezekiel without discussing this multiple times. So that is a conundrum because an Evid is kind of like Karka and he's kind of like Metaltalin. He doesn't last forever, but he, in the meantime, he's not really Metaltalin necessarily. So if you say it's like a mayor and the Chiddush is that the Evid is Metaltalin, a Metaltalin Mishabdi Laksuba. So then the Chiddush would be that according to a mayor, the are can count as, as part of a ksuba. That's another thing that's changed over time. It used to be, this is Rabbi, Rabbi Ari Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, points out, ksuba had to be something that you could count on. The only asset that you could count on in olden days was land. Like, that was the only thing that mattered. Everything else was bartering, right, in olden, olden times. So the ksuba was always land back in the day. As culture's changed, you know, nobody, most people were no longer landowners. Most people were merchants of Venice, right? And like, so then, then the ksuba ended up being not land, but matayim, kesef, skukim, whatever. In other words, right? The lushan is no longer about land. The lushan now is metaltalin. But in those days, it was land. So basically, 
the Chiddush here is either that you could use the Evid as metaltalin, and you can, the Chiddush is that you could use metaltalin for Ksuba, or the Chiddush is HaKamash Malan Avdi Kimikar Kadami. In other words, at the times of this, uh, as of the writing of these Mishnayas, Karka was what was, was given in the Ksuba, as we've said. So, Either the Chiddush is that an Evid is Metatlan and, and Metatlan can be used for Ksuba, or that the Evid is in fact Kikarkadami, and therefore the Chiddush, and therefore we, as we know, certainly land in those days could be used as Ksuba, and the Chiddush that the Evid is like Karka. That ends that section. Now we're up to the Mishnah on Sadiq Tesamad Aleph. We said the following. At the almost symbolic time of 612 a.m., Kalasa. Again, uh, the rest of the Parakas, mixed identities. So a woman, child was mixed with her daughter-in-law's child, and over time, these children grew, okay, so again, these are sons now, one is of a woman, one is of her daughter-in-law, and the sons get mixed at birth, and then they, right, they both got married, but then they died, childless, right, so now we say, right, of the surviving sons, uh, that we know of known lineage, the Johnnies in the picture, as it were, right? They do chalitza with the two wi- widows, but obviously they were mixed at birth, they, so they don't take them into Yivum. Why? Because shehu safik eshes achiv, right? Obviously. So shehu safik eshes achiv, or safik eshes achiyaviv, right? In other words, it's the ant is going to be aser here. So it's either eshes achiv or eshes achiyaviv. Eshes achiyaviv is your ant, that's aser. Therefore, you cannot do Yivum, you have to do chalitza. However, bnei hazkena ocholtin omiyabmin. But if it was the other way around, where the surviving johnnies, right, ha, uh, in that case, they can do chalitza or yibum, right? Shesafik eishes achiv veishes ben achiv, right? They're the suffix, in both cases, suffix eishes achiv, which would be yibum. But the, what matters is, is the case one where the suffix in question is your aunt, where that would be Nisudaraisa? In that case, all you could do is chalitza to both, and you end up doing chalitza on your aunt, and that's fine. But in the case where, um, in the case where one of the suffix is your niece, so your niece is mutter. Ah, so since your niece is mutter, there's a suffix eshes achiv, which you can, uh, actually, that would be the one you would want to do yibum for, and the other suffix is your niece which you could either do Yibam or Chalitza for. So that's why you could do Yibam or Chalitza. There's no risk there, okay? Now, or a variation there. Mesu Aksherim. We'll see in the Gemara. Aksherim here doesn't mean that they didn't do Averis. It means that they're Vadais, as opposed to Suffolk. That's what Aksherim means. Mesu Aksherim HaTarovis Livneaskena. So the ones that are mixed now, right, are, have to do the following. In other words, the surviving sons now are not the Johnnies, but the Chuckies, the ones that are, are of unknown lineage. So now, Levneas Kena, Cholzin Veloimiyabim, Shu Safik Eshazachiv. You have to do only Chalitza to Levneas Kena, because again, for each one of them, it could be, right, his brother's wife, or Veshazachiyaviv, or his aunt, which is forbidden to him. Levnea Kala, Echad Cholz Veachamiyabim. So similarly, if it's the sons of, right, the daughter in law, so then the worst she could be is your niece, and therefore one could do Chalitza and one could be Miyabim. Or a new case now. So now it's not a question of marital, uh, of a relationship issue, fam- f- familial relations, but rather Kohen versus Israel. So let's say you have two women, right? But one of the children is a Kohen, one is not. So now you have unknown lineage, 
So they're growing up and they know that one of them is a coin, the case of the Suffolk coin. So you have to take all the precautions of kahuna, but you don't get necessarily the advantages of kahuna as follows. So first of all, they could both eat truma. Why? Well, here, don't forget. I didn't say the case fully. It's a kohenes and her shifcha. So here you go. Your kohenes has a slave woman and they both have children and somehow amazingly they mix it up. So one is a slave child, one is the priestess child. Uh-oh. Well, when they're children, they could both eat truma because after all, but all the slaves in the family also eat truma because they're the property of the Kohanim. So they could both eat truma. But they only receive one portion of truma, right, that they share. We'll see. The Gemara will discuss as we turn to Tassim and Beis. Neither of them could go to the cemetery because, again, one of them is a Kohen and so for, therefore you have to do a Chumar Misafik. Uh, yeah, you can't marry anybody because you either an Eved or a ben Chorin, and you don't know which one you are. So you can't marry Nevet, and you can't marry ben Chorin until you figure that out. Bank share Ben Psulus, right? They can't marry anybody kosher or anybody puzzled. Um, in this case, puzzled doesn't mean, yeah, in this case, kosher and puzzled does mean kosher and puzzled, not Vada and Suffolk. In this case, it means they can't marry anybody because either they're fit or not fit to marry. Either way, we don't know which one you are. You are the Shifchar or the Kohen. Then, when, that's when they're kids. Then, Higdilo Tarovas. Now these confused, either I'm a slave or a Kohen kids, grow up. Ah. Once you have Das, you can be Meshachar each other. Right? Obviously, one of the Shechurim is ridiculous, because a slave can't be Meshachar or Kohen. But that's okay, because there's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't mean anything. And then you, have, you find yourself in a situation where, for sure, if they're Meshachar one or the other, the Kohen is Meshachar the slave, and then Nosim Nashim Ruris Lakahuna. Both of them can marry women fit for kahuna, because one of them was a coin to begin with. The other one was actually uh, now freed. Now, women that are fit for kahuna, but the, this is a chumrah, because they are, the one that was freed, technically, is an Israel. He's not a coin. So technically, he, doesn't, he can marry a grusha, but he doesn't, neither of them know which one is the coin. So here, even though they're free to marry whoever they want, one of them, now the fact that they're a coin is going to work against them. Right, because now they can't marry a grusha, and that's what that means. That no sunnashim ruis lakuna, they have to marry somebody who a coin would be able to marry, but suffix that they are a coin. Right, you're still not going to go into the cemetery because one of them is a coin. But if you do become tummy mace, you're not going to get uh, you're not going to get malchus, as Rashi explains, because you don't get malchus unless you know for sure that. You get it. As Rashi, and then in parentheses, Vastra Sofiki. Right? It's not a it's not a Vadai Hasra. It has to be for sure. In order to absorb Malkas, to get those Malkas, you have to know for sure that you did an Avera. This is they did not necessarily do it in Avera, but the Khathila they shouldn't be Matame. They know Ochlin Bitruma. Now now they can't eat Truma anymore. Okay. They because because one of them is an Israel. But again, if they eat, they don't have to pay the Karen Vachomesh because it's a kapara, it's not really gazela, as Tosus explains, not to get too bogged into it, but the point is, they don't pay, the Chomesh here is really 25%. You don't pay that Knas because Amotzi Mechaber Olavaraya, guys. The Knas is only if you for sure were a coin. But go prove that I'm, that I'm Israel. Right? You can't prove it either way. The Eidan Cholkin on Agarin, now they don't receive the Truma at the granary. Mochin is the Truma of Adam Shalahen. But they can sell the truma and they keep the money. Wow. 
Why is that? Because, again, a coin separates truma. Once you separate the truma, so you can keep the truma. However, so, however, they can't eat the truma because they are potentially not kohanim. So if you could keep the truma, but you can't eat the truma, what do you do? Sell the truma. Sell the truma and keep the proceeds. That you can do. Okay. It's because all of Araya. Amazing. That's why they could sell the truma and keep the money. Good. And they don't receive, obviously. Uh, in this case, it's obviously that they can't eat kachim mamish like the, like the meat, but it's referring to here the skins and things which are usually distributed to the kohanim. They're not going to get out of suffix that they're not kohanim. So that's what it says. We don't give them actual kachim. But whatever they have in their own possession, again, falls into the category of a motzi mechavera or So let's say if one of them finds a bechor, right, and, uh, or declares something, oh, this is going to the kohen. So it's going to be a motzi mechavera or if it falls into their possession. They don't have to give Zor Lachayim and Keva, which normally goes to the Kohen, right? Uh, because what they can do, over, uh, so, so, right, that they don't have to give because they themselves might be Kohanim. So again, it's, it's, it's actually not as complicated as it seems. Anything that's a suffix, you do a Chumrah, but anything that's a Motsi Mechavir al you don't have to give away. If you have a Bechor, though, that's a problem because you have to graze it until it becomes blemished because this bechor is a conundrum. You can't eat it. You certainly can't eat its meat, right? But you don't have to give it away because of motzim lechavero olivaraya. So here's where those two concepts clash and where the rubber meets the road. So what do you do? Your only recourse is to wait, wait for the bechor to get a blemish. Then you could eat it as chulin, okay? And then v'nosnin alav chumrei kohanim v'chumrei yisrael. Yeah, that's what we said. That in each of these questionable Suffolk coins, they have the Chumrah of both the coin and Israel. So the Gemara says, Mesu Akshem. What does it mean, Mesu Akshem? So this is where we define the terms. Why are we calling them puzzle? Just because we don't know their lineage? I mean, it doesn't make them bad people. Says the Gemara, Amar Papa, Mesu Avadayim. Doesn't mean Ksherim, it means Vadayim. We mean Suffolk versus Kasher. Even though the Mishnah had puzzle and Kasher in a different context where it really meant that, in this particular first part where it says Kasher, it means Vada. Okay. Now, Livnea Kala, Echad Cholets. So this is what we said before. Dafka Michlats Vada Yevume, Ava Yevume Bereisha Lo. The Kepami Yabamba Shuk. This was already said in the previous Mishnah. That the Chalitza has to precede the Yibum, obviously, because, uh, uh, because you can't just go to, to do Yibum until you've done Chalitza, because you may end up being, right, you may end up marrying the wrong Yivama, and you're going to let the Yivama go to the Shuk. What about the Kohen's wife, uh, with, uh, where the child is intermingled with the son of the Shifcha? So chelak echad pshita. Why do we have to learn that they only get one portion of truma? What did you think? That they're going to get two portions of truma? You can't do that. One of them is, is certainly not a coin. So no, ema chelak echad. The Mishnah is telling you that when they come to get their portion at the, right, at the uh, goren, as it were, they, are, they cannot be given anything unless both of them are present. And now the Gemara is going to explain the reasoning behind it. It's not in command to Amr. This is like the Mandam. It says, Ein chol truma la'evet elayim kein rabo imo. You can only give truma, so enachinami, an evid of a coin can eat truma, but only, but you're only going to give it to him, right? Giving in the truma giveaway, right? When, if he comes with his rebbe, the tanya in chol truma la evid elim ken rabba. You know the rab, the, not the rebbe, the master, right? The master who is the coin has to be there present. Why? Div rebbe yud. That's what rebbe yud says. Rebbe yosi yomer yachol shiomer in coin ani tnuli bishulat me v'emanat coin ani tnuli bishul rebbe. Why do we have to wait for the master to be there? Why is the food giveaway of truma only given to the master? The Yavid says, what do you mean? If I'm the master, even though I'm a suffix, 
I'm either the master of the Ebed, either way, I'm allowed to eat truma, so why aren't you giving it to me? So, so that was just a machlokas, different shitas. So, so based on this machlokas, they used to, in Rabbi Huda's community, where he was the rabbi, they would be which would mean to say that if somebody, because Rabbi Huda held that you can only give it to the master, so then when they saw somebody eating truma, they assumed that he was a coin. That was a good enough raya. You could say, is he, is he a real coin? Could he duchen? Yes, we saw him eat truma. That was not the case because there, even an Evid can uh, get truma, and therefore it's not a raya. So Tanya, I'm a Rabbi Lazar, but Tzadok, Miyam Lohedi El Edus Echad, Vehelu Evid Lakuna Alpi. Right? Helu Helu Salkadaytoch. He said one time I made a Apsak, and they made an Evid a coin by accident. What do you mean they did it? Hashda Behemtan Shosadikin Akarsh Baruch Hu Maybe to call Yadon Sadikin Atzma Lakol Shikain. We know the famous story where even. Uh, the behemoth of the tzaddik are uh, eating kosher food, right? Hashem protects the tzaddik, and he even protects the behemoths from eating non-kosher food. So wouldn't they protect Rav Lazar and tzaddik from, uh, from making this wrong call? They said that's what they wanted to do. It was a mistake. What happened was, I saw him eating the truma in Rabbi Yossi's place, and then he went and, then he went and testified in Rabbi Yehuda's place, and I almost, because of the different, I mean, I'll give in two places, I almost told them that this Evid is a Kohen. In the end, they didn't do it because I was protected because I had to see out the Deshmaya that I was a Tzaddik, but it, it almost happened, but it didn't, and we leave off eight lines up from the bottom on Tzaddik Tesamid Beis.